Hello, everyone, and welcome to I Think, Therefore I Fan, a pop culture and philosophy podcast. On this podcast, we'll explore the most compelling philosophical themes as we find them in all of everyone's favorite fandoms. We are your hosts. I'm Dr. Richard Green. And I'm Dr. Rachel Robison Green. Hello, welcome. Thanks for joining us. Welcome. So, it's our 50th episode. Wow. Who would have who would have thought that we'd make it that far? I was I had 47 in the pool, so <laughs> I'm I'm feeling really good about this. All right. So, what what are we talking about today, Rach? Well, in recent years and especially in recent months, we've seen a string of people get removed from their jobs for various things they said and did. So the one of the one, one of the ones that's been out there in the news has been that Gina Carano lost her spot on The Mandalorian and and, and potentially the the spin-off that she was going to star in. Right. And so we've seen this isn't anything new. Um they were doing a reboot of Roseanne and then Roseanne had engaged in some antics I think on social media and lost that spot. Mm-hmm. And I think they went on with the show, but it just was about the rest of the family. It wasn't, yeah, it's it, the Connors or something. Yeah, they killed her off or something. I don't know. That's not a spoiler because I don't actually know. And, and by the way, on that show, when they kill you, apparently you're not actually dead, yeah, right? right. Dan Connors, the star or the the central figure on the Connors, John mm-hmm. Goodman's character. And I'm pretty so, sure he died. So they just went, never mind? Yeah. Uh, I, it was like that season of Dallas that was all a dream or something. <laughs> yeah, he didn't really die. No. Okay. Never died. Parallel universe, um, alternate reality stuff. Huh. Okay, and then of course there's Kevin Spacey who was on. Um, you know, I can I never say this right. Okay, it's House of Cards, right? Mm-hmm. So House of Cards and Game of Thrones were on at the same time, and I was always I think House, House of, of Games. Thrones, Game of Cards. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, but he rightly lost his place on that show. And there's been others through through history and entertainment. Right. I'm still waiting for the fourth season of Louis, right? Um, mm-hmm. It seems like, like that's not happening. Um, yeah. And, and um, yeah, back in the day, Errol Flynn um, was effectively removed from his career um, by public opinion and so forth. Um so. Oh yeah. Oh oh. Here's and here's another one. Um, Army Hammer, who I don't know. From my vantage point, he hasn't risen to the level of like major star. But then I guess he's maybe just in a bunch of stuff that I haven't seen. So uh, we did see the the remake of Rebecca, which mm-hmm. is pretty fun if I remember correctly. Yeah, yeah, it's good. Now. Yeah, he um, was good. It, it's great the way you said Army Hammer, right? So Game of Thrones and. House of Cards and Game of Cards and all that uh-huh. messes you up, but like you can distinguish Army Hammer from Arm and Hammer baking soda products and Arm and Hammer <laughs> well, cleaning app- products. Apparently, uh, Army Hammer's father or grandfather, who was also Army Hammer, mm-hmm. 
invested in Arm and Hammer just to be funny. Also, they they are the oh no, no they're, they're not, not the Hammer yeah. people. They're they're just... but they thought it would be. Yeah, I mean that's how much money they can have is they can invest in something for a joke. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, so I guess Army Hammer rose to popularity as an actor after years of trying, in part because he comes from he's one of these mega mega rich heirs. Yeah, um, yeah. But he's and he's had problems with drugs and alcohol in the past, but um, which you know health issue nothing to make a big deal out of but um apparently there's he's now accused of sexual assault and there's been a string of text messages that he supposedly sent to 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 an ex-girlfriend who he allegedly raped that are all about cannibalism and Mm -hmm. uh, you know unusual things and so he's going through this process of being canceled Mm -hmm. yeah then maybe early on um in the process is deshaun watson right the quarterback for the Houston Texans, very suddenly there are a lot of um, rape allegations, but they're mm. all coming from one lawyer, and mm. every, everything's unclear. Um, but you can see the the sponsorship deals, right, the sneaker deals and so forth, um, starting to to dwindle mm. almost instantly. Mm. Mm-hmm. It's almost like it's part of our culture. <laughs> Cancel culture. Cancel culture. So that's what we're we're talking about today. So why, why cancel culture, right? This is philosophy and, and pop culture. Um, at this point, cancel culture is a huge part of pop culture, right? Not only because it, it goes after figures in pop culture, um, like the ones we just listed, and other figures from pop culture, Al Franken, right? Um, losing his political career. Um, but it's just very much part of pop culture because it's, what pop culture is focused on, right? Mm-hmm. It's not just that it involves people from pop culture. Mm-hmm. Um, we as a society have become very concerned almost to the point of obsession with um, what we're now calling cancel culture. So it's, it's... It was like the main theme of CPAC. Yeah, right? yeah. So... Uh... Yeah, and it's and it's become weaponized politically and so forth. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's a, a big part of um, pop culture. So certainly worth... Um, some philosophical treatment. Mm -hmm. And I'd like to maybe um, say a few things about it. Um, The the term gets bandied about a lot, and I don't think all the people that use it are on the same page. Um, So it's it's probably worth talking about pop culture a little bit, um, or cancel culture, before we um, get to the the philosophical stuff. Okay. So um, I was thinking of um, three myths about cancel culture, right? So if you're asked somebody, you know, what is cancel culture? You know, give me some examples. They might give the examples that we just gave or, or some of them. Um, not too many people are saying Errol Flynn um, anymore. But, you know, back back in my day, kids. Um, that, well, that wasn't quite your day. That, that was a big one. That was the 1930s. Right? <laughs> but, yeah. And, How and, old do you think you are? Well, I was, I was born in the 60s, and I'm, I'm almost in my 60s, so you subtract 60 from 60s, and that gets me to the you know 1880s or, or 1920s, somewhere in there, um, early 1900s. It just depends on just how badly you do that math. Um, yeah, so yeah, I, I remember the, the 1930s very well um, from hearing about it from, from my peeps and so forth. Okay, so... Um, yeah, some, some myths about cancel culture, right? It, it's not um, a recent phenomenon. So, you know, I'll just look back over my lifetime and, and think of the, 
you know, high profile cases um, of cancellations, right? There, there, there were plenty of them. Um, and then some from just before I was born that were still talked about pretty heavily, right? So um, I remember in you know, the 1984 presidential election, um, Gary Hart got um, canceled, right? So there was, um, I, th I think he was likely to be the um, Democratic candidate for president that year, right? Ended up being Walter Mondale. Um, but he, he was very popular well out in front and then some photographs materialized of him on a yacht with um, Donna Rice, who was not his wife, and suddenly um, his political career was over, right? Mm -hmm. and, and he's somebody that had had a very charmed career up to that point, you know, important activist in the 60s and leader of the party and um, senator and so forth. So there, there was that um, around, you know, um, a decade or so earlier, um, Nixon was canceled for Watergate, right? Um, the country, like it always is with presidents, was divided on Nixon, but the Republicans loved him. Um, and then after Watergate, you know, rightfully they didn't. Um, you know, you go back another um, decade and a half before that, um, and you've got, you know, Jim McCarthy canceling mm -hmm. anybody that's, you know, um, even loosely suspected of being um, a member of the Communist Party. I'm thinking prominent figures like Charlie Chaplin and Orson Welles mm -hmm. and uh, Langston Hughes uh -huh. were all under yeah. the microscope. Yeah, right. And then yeah, you can go back farther than that. I mean, yeah, the Salem witch trials is <laughs> yeah. a form of, of canceling. Um, I mean, you really can go back all the way to... I mean, it's, it's happened throughout the entirety of human existence. And, and it, it happens in the animal kingdom, too. Right. I mean, so, you know, I'll get we'll get to this a little bit later, but in any social group, the the members of that group are going to hold each other accountable in various ways. Mm -hmm. um, and so you might have like a, a group of chimpanzees that are shunning a member of the group that won't accept the authority of the alpha male or you'll have, uh, you know, if one one uh, monkey in a pack is being is engaging in selfish behavior, the whole rest of the pack will shun them. So it's not, it, I mean, it's not even just a human phenomenon. Yeah, and human to animal shunning, right? Like, I can't stand the dog that lives across the way from me because <laughs> it, it barks too much, right? So in my mind, that dog is canceled, right? It, it, it's out. Um, yeah, you know, so there's tons of examples, the Inquisition and all of this. So I think it, you know, gets treated as this recent phenomenon. Oh my gosh, there's this new thing going on. It's, Cancel culture, right? It's um, a weird twist on PC run amok, right? That's the the characterization, um, and I I think that's just just false, right? Um, yeah. We haven't always called it cancel culture, but people have been shunned, people have been canceled, um, you know, people have been canceled for speaking out, um, you know, for all different sorts of things. Um, Galileo, right? Canceled for expressing his um, his views about the cosmos, right, mm -hmm. by the church and so mm -hmm. forth. So not a recent phenomenon. Um, the second myth about cancel culture is that this is something that, you know, the Democrats do or that liberals do. Um, and that's or true. Or that liberals exclusively But do. that it's only liberals. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah. So. Because um, there's no denying that liberals do do that. Yeah, <laughs> right? no. So. Yeah, and it's, you know, it's um, a, a good thing, right? Um, sometimes. Sometimes. And we're, we're going to get to that. Um, not every instance of it, but, um, 
yeah, why do why do people think this is something only the the liberals do? In part, I, I suspect it has to do with the name cancel culture got applied to you know um, the type of instances of it that you were detailing at the start of the show, right? That um, you know hashtag Me Too canceling is like calling it cancel culture. Um, I mentioned earlier it's been weaponized, right? So this is something that that one group wants to pin on the liberals is again PC culture um, run amok. But you know there's there's any number of instances uh, people you know throughout history, but also today cancel. So um, one one story I'll tell. Uh, Rachel and I do some work at the local prison, um, teaching um, ethics and and running ethics bowls. And I got down there um, one afternoon. Um, I always leave plenty of time to get there for traffic, uh, much earlier than I intended to. And it's, uh, you know, uh, in a town that I've, I've not spent very much time in. So I thought, well, I'm 30 minutes early. I'm just going to drive around. And I'm driving around the neighborhoods. And it's, you know, just coincidentally, um, during the, just after or, you know, the very last days of Trump's first impeachment. Mm-hmm. And there are all these signs everywhere, you know. And so this are, these are kind of rural areas I'm driving through. Shame on you, Mitt Romney. Mitt Romney needs to resign and so forth, right? Because he, he voted to impeach Trump or said he was going to at that point. Um, so, you know, Mitt Romney is certainly at a time the most beloved of all Utah politicians, mm-hmm. right? And um, here he is now canceled. Um, by Republicans um, for crossing Trump, right? Yeah. But, you know, and, and anyone that, that crosses Trump in the Republican Party gets canceled. They, you know, you, you won't win your primary next time. You'll, mm-hmm. you'll be done. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't even have to be that, right? Um, John Huntsman, who ran um, for governor here this time and didn't make it out of the primaries, right? And there's a former governor, um, did, did very poorly um, with the population. And the, the reason why is last time he was governor, um, he was asked by Barack Obama to be the ambassador to China. Um, he had had some experience um, in China earlier in his life, um, welcomed the opportunity to serve. And now he's the guy that worked with Obama, right? Mm-hmm. So it wasn't even a crossing Trump thing. It's just, mm-hmm. oh, you, you know, um, aided and gave comfort to the enemy or something, right? Canceled, right? People just despised him, um, by and large. And this, at a, he at a time was the most popular politician, not named Romney, in in the state. Sure. If and I'll just add, big groups of so. And and here we're not trying to be political or anything. Just to point out that it happens on both sides. I mean, um, there are all sorts of things that. Christians would cancel a person for throughout mm-hmm. history. I mean, a lot of things. So if, if a person was gay, mm-hmm. if a person is um, atheist and tries to run for office or something like that, then that person is demonized. They're deemed to be unfit mm-hmm. uh, simply because of their metaphysical beliefs. Right. And, and um, you know, think of Kennedy or something, right? When he ran, people didn't know that he could win because he was Catholic. Yeah. People wondered, can Romney win? He's Mormon. Right. right. So, right. right. Yeah, there's that. And then so not, it's not about the ideas. It's about this status that people, yeah. you know, label cancelable. Yeah. Can a, can a single person run for president mm-hmm. and, and win? Right. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Yeah, and then again, you know, the Inquisition, of course, are just knocking on doors. Hi, are, are you anything but Christian? Oh, oh come here. We, we've got this rack we need to put you on. And, um, or, you know, I mean, I, I, I'm thinking about um, Japanese internment camps where Japanese people were just canceled from daily life uh, by people because of xenophobia. Mm-hmm. Right, right, right. And tons of instances of that as well. Right. Okay, so the, the third myth is that canceling ruins lives. Um, and people rail against cancel culture because of the, the ruining of lives. And so I thought that was worth exploring. So maybe now we're getting a little philosophical because mm-hmm. we can, you know, what, what are the necessary and sufficient conditions for a life being ruined? Although we can do this in a, in a you know, more informal way. Um, so the, the couple of cases I had in mind where it was claimed that a life was ruined um, or could be ruined. The, the first case is there was the gentleman in New York um, from the Audubon Society um, snapping photos. And then the um, woman that we'll call her Karen for mm-hmm. convenience sake came in and told them, you know, you can't be in the park and called the police and raised the fuss. And... Be- um, because he was upset with her for having his dog, her dog off leash. Yeah, right, mm-hmm. right. And so um, the yeah, press got wind of this story. A critical part of the story was that she called the cops on him because he was black and, yeah. and, and was claiming that a black man was trying to assault her. Yeah, right, and, and, and told the lie. And so there should be bad consequences for that. And in, and in fact, there were, right? Um, this is somebody who I believe lived just off of Park Avenue on the mm-hmm. Upper East or West Side, you know, um, had millions of dollars um, before, still does, lost their job, right? It was a, a Wall Street um, trader type job or a Wall Street executive job. And everybody was saying, did she deserve to have her life ruined? And, and my thought at the time was, I don't think her life was ruined, right? I mean, mm-hmm. you know, this, this person still has you know, can come work, right? Um, but even if they don't, they, they have more material wealth than, you know, um, 20% of take any third world country you want combined, right? They, they will live a very comfortable life and they've got some shame brought on by their own behavior. Um, the other example of this where, you know, I just thought this was insane, um, when Brett Kavanaugh was being confirmed um, for the Supreme Court and Lindsey Graham you know, made a famous speech to the press saying, you know, there are these allegations, but he doesn't deserve to have his life ruined over it. And so in that context, what was going to count as having a life ruined was not being a Supreme Court justice, right? So this is, mm-hmm. this is um, you know, somebody who's in um, you know, federal appellate court judgeship, you know, yeah. that's as prestigious as it gets if you're going to be a judge except for the nine people on the Supreme Court. Yeah. His life would have been just fine. Yeah. And again, sitting on a mountain of money. Just contrast that with a person maybe who um, is struck unexpectedly by an illness and has to, in this crazy country where we don't have good health insurance, spend their life savings trying to fight their illness, right? Or a person in in a developing nation that, uh, is torn apart by political strife and conflict and they become political refugees or, you know, any of a number of uh, people who 
are, are the victims of natural disasters who lose everything because a hurricane strikes or something. That might be plausibly getting your life ruined. Not being confirmed as a Supreme Court justice. Yeah. So not plausibly getting your life ruined. Yeah. So ideally, it would be great if we could sort of keep these things in perspective. Now that that said, being canceled could be a really bad thing, right? So if you're Kevin Spacey with this incredible um, career, and I mean incredible in terms of you know opportunities, he's a, a leading man in a hit series and a number of movies and could continue to do that. And he's a good actor. For like, the foreseeable right. future. And he doesn't have that anymore. So he's, he's suffered a harm, right? The, the question is, you know, is the harm he suffered warranted given, you know, his behavior and, and you know, is it the sort of thing that, yeah, it's awfully extreme, but people have the right not to be, in, mm-hmm. you know, um, support him with their, their consumer dollars and all that. And we, we'll get to some of those issues. Um, even there, you know, that kind of loss, right? It, it sounds like, you know, considerably more loss than Kavanaugh would have got had he not been confirmed. Um, it doesn't rise anywhere near the level of, of having one's life ruined. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I, you know, it, you, you work towards things and, and you have impediments to having your goals satisfied. And sure, that could be harsh, right? Um, mm-hmm. And especially when it's, when it's unjust or not warranted. So in the case of Errol Flynn... Um, you know, it's noteworthy that um, he was charged with statutory rape and that ended his career. He was acquitted of um, the charges. And, you know, it may be the case that, that he did it, maybe the case that he didn't. Um, in the event that, that he didn't do that, it's a darn shame that that happened to him. Mm-hmm. Was his life ruined? Um, the, the biopic I saw showed him going to Hollywood parties and being a wallflower and not being the center of attention. You know, I mean, he, he paid a price, but he still was going to fancy Hollywood parties with, you know, the same peers and drinking champagne. They just weren't doting on him in the way that they were. That's all on the assumption that biopics are accurate, but, but of course they are. <laughs> so then it's important to think about how we navigate these waters. I mean, what's going on in the case of cancel culture and what's worth keeping and what's worth getting rid of, what's good and what's bad about it. I think one of the real challenges to cancel culture is like, it's often painted by some folks as like uniformly across the board bad. Nobody should be canceled. It's awful to cancel anyone. Now I just say that just out of the gate, that's hypocritical. But it ruins their lives. Oh wait, <laughs> because yeah, what I said. Both, like both political parties are canceling people or whether, nobody is doing this, nobody should be canceled thing. And indeed they shouldn't. Right? Kevin Spacey probably shouldn't have a career in Hollywood anymore. Right. I've, I didn't even need the weasel word probably. Kevin Spacey shouldn't have a career in Hollywood anymore. Um, but I think what makes it tricky is that both the good kind of cancel culture and the bad kind of cancel culture are relying on our reactive attitudes, what philosophers call reactive attitudes. So, you know, um, our, te- our, our, our tendency to feel shame and guilt, um, pride, uh, our tendency to blame, uh, those are all, they can be used for more than one thing, right? They can be used to establish or to maintain power hierarchies. They can be used to dismantle power hierarchies. And so I think what you see is that cancel culture is often a system of power where it's not entirely about holding people responsible. It, it, sometimes it's about 
wanting to make sure that a particular group stays in power. And, and the people doing the canceling may not have any real substantive interest in the alleged bad act that has taken mm-hmm. place. On the other hand, though, praise and blame and shame and those kinds of attitudes, assessments of the harm that particular kinds of actions pose to our communities is an important part of, of um, our moral lives, right? And so you're really throwing the baby out with the bathwater if you're painting, you're, you're saying cancel culture is bad and you're painting it all with the same broad brush because we need to be able to make moral judgments about, about folks and their behavior and what kind of behavior we will and will not accept in our society. And, and you know, these, these positions that people get to be in, right? I mean, being a movie star or really accomplished politician or uh, any of another, uh, a number of other high status positions in society, they're hard to come by. And, you know, given that it's kind of not always, maybe not anywhere near as much as we would like, but that it, it at least gives the illusion of being a merit-based system. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm not thinking of YouTube stars who are laughing like crazy at Oh us. my, yeah. But, but by and large. I don't understand that phenomenon. I'm too old for that phenomenon. I don't get it. Uh, but okay, the kind of the kind of fame that I understand, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> we, we want it to be at least plausibly merit-based. And if someone engages in really bad actions... That merit's no longer there, and that seems like a good thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so not not merit in terms of just mere skill, but I think that you have to look got at your it acting chops and your as a package a character, right? Such that a you're person. Deserving. I mean, that's the, the, those those positions, movie star positions, right? Those are really. I mean, that's that's a that's as close as we have to like Greek gods in our culture, yeah. and just like. Well, bad example, because the Greek gods are going around doing all sorts of crazy stuff. But yeah, I mean, they're... Huh? It fits, right? <laughs> the, the example well, but, we, but that's the point, is that we don't want it to... Works on another level, right, right? right. Like, we hold them up to be like these deities, and they don't deserve that kind of status. I mean, they don't deserve it anyway, but they don't deserve that kind of status if they're bad people. Right, right, right. We'd rather have other people in those positions who are more willing to be... Uh, good role models and to not harm people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the same thing with the athletes, right? You get there because of your natural abilities plus the hard work you put in to develop it. Um, but when an athlete's a sort of really poor moral character, um, you know, they maybe deserve their job, but they maybe don't deserve, well, not maybe, they don't deserve the sort of hero status, right? Which is. Yeah. Why when they fall, they, they fall really hard. OJ's the best example. I'm also thinking, think I remember we, rec- we recently watched a documentary about Tiger Woods. Mm-hmm. And he had to, I mean, after it was revealed that he was massively cheating on his wife, he had to deal with mm-hmm. some shaming for a good number of years before people were willing to accept him as a comeback story. Yeah, he was just recently in another accident. And I'm, I'm wondering if, if his golf career doesn't work out. Can he be an Uber driver? And, and also, was that too soon? <laughs> um, yeah, the poor guy. I mean, that one yeah. seemed like it wasn't his fault, windy yeah. road, and, yeah. and, and flipped over. And the earlier ones maybe weren't either, right? Uh, mm-hmm. Adverse reaction to medication. Um, yeah, so it's, it's tricky, right? There's this interesting kind of phenomenon, um, and I think this goes into, you know, ties in nicely exactly with what you're saying about power, where um, people weaponize the, the charge of cancel culture, mm-hmm. right? So um, you criticize somebody 
And instead of them saying, I didn't do the thing I'm criticized of, mm -hmm. they can deflect. All they have to say is, cancel culture. Look, it's mm -hmm. cancel cultures mm -hmm. chasing me down. And people are like, oh, yeah, that's, that's bad. That's, that's this out of control thing. Um, but it's not always out of control, right? Mm -hmm. um, so I, I think it's, it's very unfortunate that we managed to demonize it. Because, um, like I said, you now can't make a kind of pure moral judgment of somebody's actions and have the conversation remain a pure discussion about the culpability, justifiability, etc. All the, you know, the things related to the action. Mm -hmm. We now have this meta-level conversation. Oh yeah, is this cancel culture? And if you don't like cancel culture, then, then you don't buy the criticism, right? I mean, somebody could stand on Fifth Avenue and shoot somebody in the face and, and you could take some film of it and they could show it on the news mm -hmm. and you could say, look, that, that person's a murderer. And at that point, you're having a conversation about whether or not it's cancel culture. Mm -hmm. yeah. and, and the people Deflects. that don't like cancel yeah. culture are right there, you know, opposed to you, yeah. opposed to the criticism. Yeah, well, the reason I think it's psychologically effective is it plays on people's... Um, defensive and self-protective uh inclinations like i think you know there's nobody who hasn't said or done something that were it to come to light you know even if it was when they were 12 or 13 or something that that wouldn't be the subject of some some shame and ridicule right i mean a lot of us are uh um happy that we're old enough not to have lived our entire lives mm -hmm. online right i right, mean yeah that, uh, that perfectly accurate record of every stupid thing you manage to yeah. think as a teenager. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I think people think, oh, if that person's canceled, then I would be canceled too, you know? And so they, they react yeah. in that sort of a way. And, and that, that raises an interesting issue about, you know, who should be canceled exactly, right? Mm -hmm. What, what counts as, as the right sort of transgression? So that the, maybe the best case of, of, you know, an attempt to cancel that failed, um, and rightfully so, would be the Aziz Ansari case, mm -hmm. right? So he was um, on a date with someone. They went back to his house. Um, he was a little forward. The, the person seemed to be responding in kind, um, decided they didn't want to do anything. It seemed like he was very gentlemanly and said, okay, I understand. And, mm -hmm. you know, um, and that was the end of it. And then they went back and said, oh, it was this horrible thing. And there's this dynamic and, um, yeah, it was an attempt to cancel him. And it was early in the Me Too movement, and a lot of prominent people in the Me Too movement, I'm remembering the journalist um, Ashley Banfield speaking out on a show we were watching, saying, boy, we've waited too long for this movement for it to be used irresponsibly, mm -hmm. right? That, that, you know, you, you, you don't want to just make allegations to... Because you had a bad date. Yeah. I can't remember who was her line. Yeah, right, right. And to smear somebody's character and quote-unquote ruin their life, <laughs> you know, um... So what, what's an appropriate cancel? Yeah, what about Al Franken, right? Um, that came early in the movement as well. It seemed like he did some things sort of, um, you know, in his comedic career before he was a senator, um, clearly crossed the line. The, the movement was such that, you know, everybody was speaking for him to be canceled, at least in the Democratic caucus, mm -hmm. and he just gladly accepted it. Um, some people think maybe that wasn't enough, and I, I don't know if we need to, to resolve it, um, you know, in, in each individual case. And, you know, and, and some people feel very strongly, you know, gosh, I loved Bill Cosby. I don't want to 
See, him that cancel. seems like a clear-cut case. I mean, he's a convicted yeah. rapist. Yeah, he's on, on the other side of, <laughs> yeah. of the yeah. line. Um, so I guess what I want to say is there's not a good answer to this question, um, but there's a, there's a good answer to the question for each individual, right? Since canceling happens through things like dollars at the box office, subscription or, um, you know, watching television shows, mm -hmm. um, going to sporting events, voting for particular candidates, right? Mm -hmm. That the right question to ask is, is this behavior over the line for me, right? Mm -hmm. And it seems like if enough people say, I'm not going to another Kevin Spacey movie, um, then that's good enough, right? It's, I don't think that the executives at the, the film company are that interested in punishing him. They just thought, we can't be associated with them because enough people are, are irate. It's a strange thing, too, though, because the people who are saying you shouldn't cancel people seem to be then, by extension, telling you that you must spend movies money on Kevin Spacey's movies so that you're not being a canceler. Yeah, to, like, hey, to deny that hypothesis uh, would essentially say, no, you are going to you go. You must be a consumer of those products. Yeah. All right. That doesn't um, seem reasonable. I mean, I think that's sort of the, the beauty of how cancel culture works is that if enough people don't want it. And even in the bad instances of it, right? Um, and then, you know, so what would be a bad instance? Um, Salem witch trial, right? A bunch of people saying, well, we think that person's a witch. Um, now, you, you don't get to burn people, right? We, we can't burn Kevin Spacey either. <laughs> but if, if people want to think, you know, this person's a witch, then, then that's their choice. And then the question becomes, are they doing their epistemic duty, right? And then there's there's sort of room for criticism there. Mm -hmm. How but much it, evidence is good evidence? Yeah, but that's a very different question. You know, do I have sufficient evidence for the, the claims that I'm believing from how much bad behavior am I comfortable with? Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, um, at the, the risk of, um, since there are people all over this issue getting some people um, upset with me, I think that the jokey stuff that Al Franken did very early in his career it's sufficiently minor mm -hmm. that that's, and yes, it's not someone who should be canceled. And I think we lost a really good um, representative of the people. I agree right? with that. A, a yeah. really excellent senator. Um, but, you know, that's not an epistemic question. That's not a, um, you know, do I have evidence for what I believe? That's a, am I comfortable with this level of badness? And some people aren't. And I fully understand and respect that. Um, what I don't fully understand and respect is if you're, you know, on the other side of the issue where you think, oh, Kevin Spacey, he's great. Let him, mm -hmm. let him act. Um, I worry about you if you're not bothered by his behavior. Yeah. Right. right. Especially the allegations of, um, you know, um, molesting and, and raping underage um, persons. Right. right. They, I got to say, too, that. So I agree with you that you there's it's not reasonable to not connect the Me Too movement with the cancel culture phenomenon, right? But there's something bothersome about it too, because you know, and, and not bothersome in the connection, but maybe a bothersome about people seeing the Me Too movement as a problematic instance of of cancel culture. I mean, so we've got this movement where you know. The status quo is that the vast majority of sexual assaults go unreported, 
Mm-hmm. Um, and in many of in many instances, when they actually do get reported and go all the way to court, there's not a conviction because there's not enough evidence. And so you've just got all these sexual assault victims that have no recourse. There's there's going to be no consequences for their assailants, just nothing. Yeah. And so so then we say, OK, uh, there may be no legal consequences, but maybe women shouldn't be afraid about speaking out right. about the, the about being the victim of that kind of thing. And then when there finally seems to be some justice mm-hmm. for these kinds of, for people who've gone through this kind of thing, then people start painting that as cancel culture. Like it's a bunch of feminazis, right, you know, right. trying yeah. to ruin yeah, men's that's, lives. That's the weaponizing that, you know. Yeah. Yeah. A bunch of damn snowflakes, right? And, and by <laughs> yeah. the way, yeah, the first person I, I heard say snowflake um, in person was, you know, an adult from my childhood who I'm pretty sure wouldn't drink out of the same water fountain <laughs> as people of color, right? <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah, you know, it's a relative. Anyway, yeah. Um, but yeah, there's snowflakes. It's like, give me a break. Yeah, you know. right, right. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. So maybe we can make a distinction, at least in some cases, uh, about or between cancellation that happens on the basis of behavior and cancellation that happens on the basis of speech. Not in all cases. I mean, I want to say some speech is over the line. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're saying things that are overtly racist, uh, if you're, or, or sexist or homophobic, or, you know, that, depending on the case, that might be something that's clearly over the line. Um, but then there's this thought that, you know, the John Stuart Mill line, that when it comes to other kinds of speech, that all ideas should be welcome in the, marketplace of ideas and that it's actually good to hear the negative ones because then everybody can witness the negative ones being responded to by the the right kinds of ideas and and that the the best arguments will win out mm-hmm. and there's something to that uh, sometimes I, I feel like we're living in a, a decline <laughs> yeah. with respect to that word that the worst ideas are winning out but the ones that come with the most persuasive force but yeah, more re- there's more rhetoric going yeah. on. Than might actual. be a blip. I, right. I, my oh, fingers hopefully. are crossed. I'm also maybe a little bit dubious about the extent to which the arguments, especially on social media, are in good faith. Mm-hmm. To me, it seems pretty often like people are putting positions out there, acting as if they legitimately care about what the other person is saying, but really they're just gonna, mm-hmm. they're just dug in. Yes, uh, right. I'm very interested in what you have to say, and I've never heard a good argument right. yeah. to the effect of blah. Yeah, right. please. Yeah. So some of it's disingenuous, I think. But uh, but there's been we've had a history um, throughout our entire existence as a human race of people trying to stifle certain kinds of speech, especially if that speech is getting in the way of power hierarchies. So and philosophers are often the people getting canceled in this case. So I'm thinking the original person who got I mean, the original philosopher, uh, the original, what is it? The OG, the original gangster. I'm <laughs> yeah. trying to be, now I'm trying to be cooler than I am. Um, philosopher. Old, old guy. OG. <laughs> um, uh, Socrates, right, mm-hmm. is uh, convicted and made to, link, uh, made to drink hemlock for corrupting the youth. Mm-hmm. Where really what this meant is just getting the youth to ask questions and to be reflective and to challenge the, their preconceived notions. And occasionally speaking truth to power and, mm-hmm. and power didn't mm-hmm. like it. Yeah, and then, you know, right after Socrates, um, his philosophical, you know, grandson, Aristotle, right, um, 
had um, certain views that were described as anti-Macedonian, right? So he had to leave Athens. It's the famous quote, um, you know, Aristotle put himself in um, exile, it was a voluntary exile. And the quote was, lest, philosophy, or, um, lest Athens sin twice against philosophy, right? So there was some worry that he would also end up be, be executed. Yeah, yeah, given hemlock and so forth. Um, right, and then also, um, same with Socrates, right? Uh, considered um, to be impious, right? Mm-hmm. So it's speaking, mm-hmm. again, truth to, to power. That's an easy charge to, to levy against someone when you want them out. Yeah. Impious. Right. And back then, it was hard to be impious. Right? They had seven zillion gods, <laughs> all believing seven zillion things. Mm-hmm. You could say anything. You could say, I want a root beer. And that would be consistent with something that one of the gods wanted you to say at that exact moment. But yeah, putting putting that aside. Um, and some other, you know, um, Spinoza was, um, quote unquote, canceled, right, for... Um, uh, being Jewish, essentially espousing Jewish views. Hume was canceled in certain respects by by the pious folks for um, his skepticism mm-hmm. about the existence of God and religion and so forth. Yeah, right. So the dialogues concerning natural religion are very carefully um, published don't posthumously, posthumously and, and don't make it clear exactly which view Hume holds, although people theorize. Unless um, people think that we go in order and only talk about men, um, Hypatia, right? Yeah. Um, murdered by Christians. Murdered by Christians. Yeah. Happens all the time. <laughs> it happened to me practically twice um, <laughs> growing up. So, yeah, um, cancel culture, older in the hills. Um, and a mixed bag. And a mixed bag. So let's not weaponize it. Let's take it. Appreciate nuance. By, appreciate Be compassionate nuance. when compassion is warranted. Take it case by case. Yeah. Um, we're all snowflakes. <laughs> we all get our, our feelings hurt. Okay, Rates. What, what are we liking this week? Not much. I think this was the theme last time, too, but it's like we're just watching British Bake Off. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> just like trying to stay chill to the best of our ability. Yeah, still, um, still pretty obsessed with that. But we've watched a couple things. So, so yeah, uh, yeah, um, uh, the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. You know, we wrapped up WandaVision, and now they're picking up with this new uh, Disney Plus TV style Marvel series. Yeah. First, first episode, really good. Um, won't say anything to spoil it, other than it's a pretty typical first episode in that. A lot of character introduction. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I thought it was going to be about a, a priest and a, a drug dealer. And then I um, realized that was the Falcon and the Snowman with um, um, Timothy Hutton and um, Tom Penn. <laughs> and it was almost over when I realized I wasn't just watching that again. So I guess <laughs> I wasn't paying that much attention. <laughs> but um, yeah, so so far, so good. Uh, the um, inevitable comparisons to WandaVision... Um, are going to come up because it's the second Marvel mm-hmm. production in that same limited series format. Um, so far, pilot of WandaVision versus pilot of this, not even close, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm willing to be convinced, yeah. Yeah, I, I did enjoy it. I, yeah. I, I think it's, yeah, the potential is for it to be really good. 
Um, and who doesn't love Bucky? But um, it didn't it didn't hit me like WandaVision did. I thought right from the get go, I was like, wow, this is clever really and snappy creative. and crisp and sharp and all that. Yeah. Okay, and then I don't know if this belongs in a what are we liking <laughs> segment or not, um, but I, I'm going to say, as bad as it is, I'm, I'm liking it. It will just file it into guilty pleasure. Um, the Vanishing at the Cecil Hotel, right? So this is a Netflix show. Okay, so here's the thing. It, it's like a true crime thing about the disappearance of Elisa Lamb, but it's the most slow-rolled gluttonous, vacuous. Right. Dragged out, right? I mean, they've, they've got yeah. 15 minutes worth of stuff that they put in several episodes, several what, hours. You know, if I were doing it, so, I mean, the, the history of the Cecil Hotel is pretty weird, right? And so I would have kind of, you know, what they're what they're trying to do is they're lacing the Alyssa Lamb story, and I don't think this is a spoiler, it's just what it's about, through, to sort of tell you about the the Cecil Hotel. But there are a lot of pretty significant stories that happened at the Cecil Hotel that I would just tell. And they're they're not really doing that exactly. Yeah. I don't know. It's just... No, just a... a it's bloated. brief bit on um, Richard Ramirez and and not much other stuff. And yeah. yeah. But so you're saying that we're enjoying it and it's a guilty pleasure, but we did start it two weeks ago and we haven't picked it back up. That's because there's British baking show, but but we we watched like several episodes. Right? That's true. Two of the three That's or, or whatever. Um, and yeah, then the other thing um, that that I'm enjoying this um, doesn't apply to reach, um, but I was asked to lead a discussion um, on um, ethical issues raised by Edward Snowden's book Permanent Record. And so I've been reading that, and that's coming up um, um, later this week. And so I most of the way through the book, and that made me want to watch um, Snowden, the Oliver Stone film, which, you know, it's, it's a bit of a dramatization. It takes a lot of liberties and, you know, treats things very differently. Um, that said, I, you know, it, I don't think it did all that well and didn't get great reviews um, and so forth. Uh, but it, it turned out, um, in my opinion, to be pretty good. So... Um, I'm going to give that a thumbs up and anyone that's interested in the Edward Snowden story, um, I recommend that, that you watch the film. Just just know that, you know, it's it's not exactly accurate, but probably more accurate than Oliver Stone's treatment of JFK. And definitely more accurate than Disappearance at the Cecil Hotel or whatever it's called. Yeah. Um, although, isn't that 100% accurate? Cause it's the no, st- they're like saying maybe it was ghosts. Yeah, Maybe. but it's but that's what those detectives thought, right? It's some guy goes like, "Yeah, I came in here and things looked weird, and now I think it might be a ghost." That's a true story. No. That idiot detective, <laughs> and and I say that using a definite description, those believe there are ghosts. <laughs> Okay, Rach, that's a wrap. Episode 50, woohoo, is in the can. Um, thank you all for for um, listening um, through all these episodes and all this time and for joining us. Uh, if you would like to support I Think Therefore I Fan, please go to our webpage, ithinkthereforeifan.com. Um, click on the link that says donate um, or support or whatever the heck it says there. 
um, and you can become a sponsor via Patreon. Uh, any amount um, helps and any amount is appreciated. Although um, people always say that, that said, if you donate you know, $10,000 or $50,000, clearly that's better than donating one. But if one is what you have to donate, we love that too. So we'll, we'll see you next week with episode 51.